everybody. This is What's the Wave, episode <laughs> number nine. And oh, don't man. call it a Christmas miracle because we recorded for the second day in a row. Back to back, you know what I'm saying? No Drizzy Drake, you already. Yeah, what they said. And we all here again, so get used to it. Fellas. The big bloods. Uh-huh. Big three, I'm LeBron. <laughs> Okay, see, that's that's just gonna Nate, be stopping. Nate, uh, Nate D Wade, what? Bosh, Bosh, Bosh. How the hell? Oh, yeah, he looked like Bosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing very, very well. I don't know about these guys, I don't want to know how they're doing anyway because they, they could go kick rocks for all I wow. care. But, um, but, uh, speaking of the NBA, that's what that's what we're going to be talking about today so without further ado i say we get started mm-hmm. and i think that something needs to be said cue the music if you know this you're you're a gem and i appreciate you <sighs> if this thing will load up <sighs> lebron james I said I ain't want you. I said I don't want you to be a Laker because I felt as though you was gonna mess up the flow of the team. <clears throat> I spent all summer parading and jamming down people's throats that I want Kawhi Leonard as a Laker instead of LeBron. Then you joined, and then I got caught up in everything and, and caught up in the greatness. But then on Christmas night, you had a groin injury. You've been out ever since. And now, you're not on the team anymore. You've been injured. And now, I miss you, man. Case can say it better than I can, but we're missing you. Nate, you got anything else to say? Yo, Brian, I'm gonna tell you this one time, one time only. I need to come back right now. Um, we're doing pretty terrible, and it's because we're inexperienced. Now, I definitely, definitely did not want LeBron on my team. Um, at all. Who do you think you are, Genie? <laughs> yeah, I do. Who do you think you are? Because I'm gonna tell you exactly why I didn't want him on my team for this exact reason. When LeBron's not there, we don't know how to play at all. This is what happens to every team that LeBron comes up. Like, literally, besides the, the Heat, because they already had a foundation with Dwayne Wade. But um, when he went to the Cavs, literally, he left the Cavs and, wow, look, the worst team. And then he came to the Lakers and, you know, showed his greatness, dominated. I'm very great, grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But the issue that I have with LeBron is every time LeBron leaves a team that he's on or if they get injured, they can never hold up that team. Like they can never hold up um, each other to continue the winning streak I or even why. continue to be 50-50. You wonder why, because he's changing them into being LeBron's teammates instead of just Laker yeah. players. Basically, exactly. that's his point. Oh. That's my problem. But LeBron, we de- we definitely need you back. I'm not taking away from any greatness that you bring into the team. Keep it going. Um, you're doing. A, I I feel like a lot of people have been bashing you, 
for even being a Laker and saying that you're not going to be one of the greats Lakers, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that good stuff. But you are respected, but you need to show up. Can't get hurt in the first half and just, you know, let us lose like this. You got to come back and win the team. Well, I mean, I think, I think you would be hurt, too, if you had to carry 14 other players. But he did not have to carry them. He did not have to carry this. Um, but how many? What? What did that finish last season? Just a, last year and what they're doing this year no, is totally different. Please answer the question. Literally, where did Kuzma's bringing his A game every single game. Uh, what did we finish last season? Let me check that for you. I got you. And that was with Julius Randle. Did you just say Randall. Julius Randle? Like he's some type of game changer? Not We're not. Um, even he was, he was the most consistent player. Yeah, but what is he doing on New Orleans? He may not be a bad player, but he's not someone that's going to carry a team, if we're okay. being honest. Fair point. Last year, Fair we point. went 35 and 47. And that was what in the West? That was 11th. Before LeBron got hurt, I believe that was the fifth seed, somewhere around there, middle of the pack. <clears throat> we were in the fourth seed. Fourth seed, right? And now you're eighth. Lost the last eight of eleven. I'm saying that to say this. Your point about when LeBron gets hurt or when he leaves, that teams aren't able to withstand or a certain level of consistency. That's not a detriment to LeBron. If anything, that's a that's an attribute because that just shows how great LeBron is. No, it doesn't. How doesn't? Yeah, how does when LeBron is on the team, of course that's that's good. When LeBron is on the team, he's so great that he masks he masks his uh, his teammates, right? Mm-hmm. But when he's not there, you get to see just who these players really are because that's LeBron's not, not there. You said that's not true. You got a rebuttal? What happened? Do you have a rebuttal? Of course. What do you mean? First of all, let me me tell you exactly how that's not true. That can't be true only because literally that doesn't show that you're great just because when you leave a team, the team turns into trash. That doesn't show that you're great. That shows that literally the type of style that you want your teammates to have while you're on the floor, they lose sight of themselves. And they, and you got to remember, these players are young. None of these players are experienced besides about like four. So all of these players are trying to step up their own game while trying to be LeBron's teammate. Two things, Nate. Number one, we have to be consistent with stuff like this. <clears throat> and considering that we have to recognize that when star players leave, that is, that looks good on the the star player that got them to the heights, and we we yes, and we, we see when we we seen that. So we have to be we have to be consistent with that. And number two, the problem is using the um the the young excuse was there were people out there to say the Lakers could possibly make the playoffs at least with the young guys on the roster because they're so talented, but yeah, yeah you yeah, you can't. But you have LeBron on the team. Now now granted, you know, with all the young talent we have on the team 
and that the Lakers still are a, probably a middle-of-the-road team. No, that's not a big of a knock on LeBron. That's just the the players haven't hit the maturation process yet. Mm, I don't think that that's really what it is because you have to look at Kuz. Kuz is really <clears throat> putting up numbers that you know we didn't expect. We expected that from Brandon Ingram, and that's something that shows that you know he's one of the only players that are you know young. That developing is well, holding up his own. Yeah, developing well, and right. and, and now, I agree, and I agree with that. But it 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 can't be just Kuzma. We need, but no, that's, right. that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. He's not, but Kuzma's in that position. Not everybody else's. But I think that's the problem. But my my issue is that you're blaming LeBron for the other players' lack of maturity. But now, when how can they now, mature or develop? Right. Let me say this. But now LeBron's not there, and now what are they doing? They have they have the same. They have the opportunity to to showcase who they are and what they have, and no one is really showing up aside from Kuzma. This is so maybe this is just place. who these players are. You can't fault LeBron. No, I'm not faulting. All right. I think you guys are. All right. So maybe I have to word what I'm saying better. What I'm trying to say basically is. Yes, what you're saying is true, LeBron. I, hey man, I still need you back. At the end of the day, that that's I'm not I'm never taking that away from LeBron. LeBron, you got us to a great uh, start. You got us to a great position. Never been this position on Christmas Day. Kobe was around. Yeah, that was. So, but this is what I'm. This is what what I want you guys to understand. What I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is yes, LeBron is doing all of this, but he is also taking away. I mean, I think that it's 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 a dynamic where I mean I can say for myself I'm caught up in the moment because you know I was once accused of being a Kobe fan, not a Laker fan, and yet mm-hmm. of all time. But at the same time, I am a Laker fan. I've grown to love Kobe, uh, the the Lakers without Kobe Bryant because. I think it's interesting when you when you're you've been a fan of a team for so long, you see them going through a rebuild, and you see all the young pieces that they have on a team. You want to root for them, and that's what has keep me like so deeply, you know, keep me so deeply involved with the Lakers. And with LeBron coming in, he's that he was that missing piece that could take. You know the Lakers possibly to an NBA uh, NBA Finals, and I say that, and I was I was gonna say that, you know, before the season because, to me, that didn't look uh, look like very a very uh, excuse me a very possible thing to happen, but one thing we've seen in the West is that the Warriors are not feared anymore; they can be had. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I think that if LeBron comes back. I've got to include this in my little um my short letter of apology to LeBron and I believe that if he comes back I think the Lakers can make the NBA finals. What do y'all think about that? The finals I I do think there's a chance just because LeBron is that great. But at the same time the Warriors are the Warriors mm-hmm. and pretty soon they're going to get Boogie Cousins back. And the Thunder are clicking right now as well. I don't I trust them. I don't trust them. I think I'm kind of 
in the same position that you feel. I don't really trust them, but I can't ignore <clears> just how they're clicking and how they're playing right now. And and, 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 and that's that fair. That's fair. That's, they can be a team to look out for. And even even the Rockets, as we'll talk about James Harden later, mm-hmm. even without Chris Paul, the way that they're performing and what they're doing, we have to look out for them too. So there is a chance. I give I give maybe maybe like a thirty percent chance, forty percent chance at most that um, they make it to the NBA finals. Can they make it to the Eastern Conference finals? I think that's Western Western. I mean, I'm sorry, Western Conference finals. I think mm-hmm. that's likely, but NBA finals, it, I don't know. Um, see, here's the thing: when we had this conversation yesterday about um. You know the mystique of teams and why you can't count them out. Mm-hmm. In the case of the NBA, it's not a team thing; it's a LeBron thing. You can never ever count them out. And right. I've learned that because I expected the Cavaliers to not get past the the Boston Celtics because of how deep the Celtics was and how the young players were maturing before before everyone's eyes in the in mm-hmm. the in the playoffs, like as a whole. But then what happens? LeBron takes the, a team of, I'd say, average players at best, and he takes right. them to the NBA Finals. Now, granted, this is a whole other animal that the Lakers are going to be dealing with now mm-hmm. with, the, with the Golden State Warriors. And one question I do have is, how is Boogie Cousins going to mesh with all the other teams, especially Draymond Green, because they both have alpha personalities. So... I think that it's going to take time for the Warriors to gel and get that chemistry down pack, as crazy as it sounds, because they're back-to-back champions. But yeah. we've seen a crack in the armor in the chemistry because of KD and Draymond Green. And hell, I even think that KD getting dunked on my boogie because it's kind of embarrassed them to a point. It was practice. It was practice. I mean, damn. Like yeah, that, that, I mean, that was ugly. <laughs> it was it was playful. It wasn't, you know, I don't think there was any malice. It was a malice, but I mean, goodness gracious, it was. It was, it was definitely fun to watch, though. I mean, was it malice? Because I mean, we're being honest. You know, people know their history. Remember uh, KD and um, Boogie going at it when you know Boogie was on the Pel- uh, was on the Pelicans. I don't know if that yeah, matters yeah. now, but you know, it's just something to think about. Yeah. But um. What's I gonna say? Um, so it's interesting to me because you know the Saturday showcase is coming back. You know, Lakers and Rockets, mm-hmm. and you wonder that's gonna be probably the biggest test for this Lakers team because LeBron's not coming back for another two weeks. So, with that being said, what are your expectations for the game on Saturday? I do expect the Rockets to win simply because I just don't think that the Lakers have enough firepower. And yeah, yeah. it's and, and that's even that's even another that's another opinion that I have about the playoffs. Even when LeBron comes back, is will they have that that third teammate, that third player to step up alongside LeBron, and I think Kuz is going to step up in the playoffs too. But but we that's that's another thing we don't know that it's it's honestly a mystery because he's yeah. Kuzma's still a baby, regardless of how good he is, he is still a baby, right? And you have to worry about that. And I think that 
I think the pacing by Rob Polinka after the loss to the Cavaliers, he knows that there is an urgency to do something and do something fast because they may yeah, fade I, away I was fast. I ask you guys that too. Yeah, I think that. Um, see, here's the thing. Do I believe the the, the Lakers are going to trade for somebody? Yes. Do I think it's going to be a star, like a superstar? I don't think so because if, if you look at if you look at uh, the market right now, and who's really out there, who could you really trade for? Unless you unless you want to take a right. I, I can name one person. And who was that? Kemba Walker. I was just about to say him. I was just about yeah. to say him. But the only thing is. I think the Lakers, from a Lakers perspective, they will want him to commit further and not just be a rental. Because no, he would he would need to be he would need to commit because of you know LeBron needs that that sidekick for the next three years. Ex- but that, exactly, and you don't want to give up on Lonzo because he's 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 uh oh, he's perfect. He's doing what he needs to do. Yeah, Lonzo indeed is. He's doing what he needs to do, but at the same time, you do want him to do a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he he because shot and because like Matt because you know when people bring up Lonzo, I think of what Magic said. He wants a banner up for Lonzo Ball when his career is is finished. So with that being said, it's it's little. What he's done up to this point has been pretty underwhelming. If we're if we're being like you know, perfectly honest. Yeah. I think Bradley Bill could be another name that you might, you can try to go for. I wouldn't mind Even keeping though, the tires in on him because, you know, Lakers need a three-point shooter. That would be a long shot, but I would, I would like to see him play alongside LeBron. I think, cool. he'll, I think he'll give like, he'll be a good sidekick or not even a sidekick, but just a second option. If there was somehow a way to pull off Damian Lillard alongside LeBron, I okay, think so that tandem would be amazing. Let me ask you a question because I'm I'm not really aware of the NBA standings. Are the Trailblazers in playoff contention right now? I'm 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 not really sure. If they are, they're not a very high seed. I think they think at this moment they're out. Really? See, because because yeah. that's the thing. Because if we're being honest, and that's something to think about. Who would go first, Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum, in your opinion? If I'm the GM, I would I would want to keep Damian Lillard. Yeah, because I just feel like Damian Lillard has offensively he's more uh, he's more skilled, and he just has that mentality that I would want. And 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 that's the thing because one thing that the Lakers. Like we know what the Lakers want in the offseason. I mean, they want Klay Thompson. Now, who is a guy that could be Klay Thompson, but not quite Klay Thompson? That's CJ McCollum. He would fit perfectly on the Lakers. He would yeah. absolutely fit perfectly. And um, you know, it's it's just they they need to make a move now because now it's looking urgent. We're look it it, it feels much more um yeah, yeah. It's not it, even like a really big piece. Maybe like a, like a Trevor Ariza or Kent Bazemore, mm-hmm. like a, like something like that. Even though you kind of have that in Josh Hart, but he's like defensively, he's not really there yet. But yeah, but I, I tell you, if you could keep Josh Hart, 
if you're gonna trade, if you could, if you, if you could keep him, that'd be huge. It might be. Yeah, if I'm if I'm Palenka, if I'm Magic Johnson, only people that are off limits is LeBron, Kuzma, and Hart. Everyone else, I'm willing to listen. I agree. So, um, so if you haven't heard Nate in the past couple of minutes, uh, he's having technical difficulties. He will be back. You know, hopefully, <laughs> but uh, he'll be back. So um, we're going to catch him up because we have to move on. <clears throat> to the next topic, which is Kyrie Irving. And one thing that has been the shocker of the NBA season is the the Celtics struggles. They're not very good. They are not very good right now. And it's been a roller coaster. It's been a, it's been a roller coaster right now, and um, Kyrie simply came out saying, "You can't really win with the young players." And I think it I think it's an interesting comment to say, considering what the situation he got out of in Cleveland. But Tello, I want your I want your um take on it. <clears throat> My take is pretty simple, right? Mm-hmm. Let's backtrack. Mm-hmm. Before Boston, before the Kyrie to Boston thing, he was with the Cavs, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting because it's like the same thing that he kind of criticized LeBron for. He's now in this position where he has his own team, but he just he can't. He can't lead them. Or he he does he doesn't know how to lead these players, and I feel like it's kind of a it's kind of karma, but more so in a way where I think Kyrie would have a greater respect for just what LeBron did and who LeBron was, because now he has his own team. He has what he's asked for. He has his own team. He has his own system. His own. He's the focal point in that Boston Celtic system. And on that team, so now he has to find a way to lead these guys. He has to find a way to be that LeBron for that Celtic team. And I don't think publicly, you know, lashing out or saying negative things in the public eye is going to really bode well. I think he should take a more subtle approach just because young players, you don't want to, you don't want to like, Grooming the morale or like grooming the confidence, but I do think that he does have a point where it's going to be a little bit harder just because they're not experienced in how to win the championship. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm on um the fence of I get where Kyrie's frustration comes from, and you can talk about how you know he wanted to get out of a situation with LeBron because he didn't want to be the sidekick. I and I understand that and. And truthfully, right. I will never, you know, fault Kyrie for wanting to be his own man and lead a team because one, one thing we have to realize, um, there's a lot of talent and personalities on the Boston Celtics. And getting them all to mesh after the, the dynamic they had last year without Gordon Hayward in the lineup, you had a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown developing, at, you know, it's going to be hard for entering Gordon Hayward into the lineup and, you know, having him mesh with everyone else. So I just completely understand his frustration now. One thing I am big on, and we had we 
kind of discussion about this uh, yesterday, and that was publicly going out there and attacking your associates. And and I want to say it's an, it's an attack because it's very very you know harmless. I would say, but yeah, it's more tongue in cheek. Yeah, exactly. It's it, you don't want to do that because you're looked at as the as the leader of this team, and if you go if you go out there and be and be publicly critical of your guys, then what message does that send? Because LeBron was never that type of person. He may have said on occasions, you know, I'm doing my part. I just, you know, everyone else is, you know, up up in the air. You know, he may have said that, but that's less malicious than saying, I don't know if I can win with young players. For what that tells me, he wants yeah, out. That, especially he, when this is the situation, this is where you wanted to go. This is the situation that you you wanted your own team. You wanted all of this, and now you're bashing. I mean, I, if you, I'm about to cut you off. I just have this one thing to say. I mean, I feel as though, he, yeah, he wants his own team, and yeah, he has his own team, but he's still young. Like he's, he's exactly. Not, he's, he's not. He's not. You know, a, I can't really call him a veteran yet. Um, he's definitely made. You know, he has. He earned his stripes. I'm not. You know, taking anything away from him. But the only thing is. He's still young himself. He's still trying to figure out his own. This season, look at look at his his defense. That has even um, uh, gotten better. So every year, he's getting better himself. So what he needs to do is instead of talk about his teammates or his team or how his team is not um, ready to win or, or doing the right things because they're immature or anything like that, he needs to tell them that in the locker room. And I don't get the culture of – Telling people off in the public, like I don't like I don't know what the dynamic is with teams in there. Like, what's the camaraderie? I, I don't know how to pronounce that word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, what's what's it like in the locker room? Are you guys not tight enough that you could just pull someone to the side and say, "Hey, listen, I'm need you to step your game up because we're trying to win a championship here because we've been disappointing this year, and there's no other way to slice the Celtics." This year, if the Celtics are, and don't, are not going to the NBA Finals, the season is a disappointment. There's no other way to slice it. You can look at Toronto and Kawhi Leonard. I think they'll. I think they're a better team with Kawhi Leonard than, than they were with DeRozan. But the Celtics have so much talent, so much more talent than anyone in the Eastern Conference right now. And the fact that they're literally in the middle of the pack in the East, that is a huge disappointment. And and you got to look at Brad Stevens, too, because he's widely considered number one, number two, or number three, the best coach in the league, and he can't get this, this ship righted. And if, that, if that's the case, then I'm, I don't want to say that we need to question him being the right coach for this team, but we need to question what's his leadership like, too, though. Brad I feel Stevens? like he has a great... Yes. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I, mm, I'm sorry, guys. No, nah, talk, talk. So I don't, I don't, I don't think you should question Brad Stevens' leadership. When even without Kyrie or Gordon Hayward, he got the team to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's true, but it's like it's it's just like a dynamic of Eric Spoelstra. It was put into question whether he was the right guy for the Heat because we didn't know how much of an alpha personality. Because let's be let's be real about something. Alpha personalities can, you know, can coach in the in the NBA. 
Phil Jackson mm-hmm. was that was that uh that perfect example considering that um look at uh look at the Bulls team and we're gonna find out a lot about them in 2020 unfortunately because I want that documentary to come out this year but that's the discussion of the time but and you look at Greg Popovich Greg Popovich did have like alpha personalities but he had an alpha personality enough to get players that you wouldn't consider to be superstars or even role players for that matter. He got he got those guys, got them, what, three championships, four championships? I forgot which what number it is, but it's just a matter of who could be the right coach for the situation. And we can have that conversation. We got that. You can even have that conversation for Luke Walton, if we're being honest. True. Not really. You can't. You can't. Luke Walton just got there. He just got there, but. You can't really put all the blame. Well, not blame. But you can't really say anything about his coaching just yet because he's a young coach himself. His entire team is young himself, and he has the greatest basketball player on his team. So literally, that's hard. No matter what, no matter if the if 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 it seems like it's perfect, that's hard to do as a young coach himself. And he just came from a team where he didn't even really have to coach them. They all knew what to do because they worked so well with the Warriors. So you have to give Luke Walton a different um, – that's like a different type of conversation. What I would say about the locker room with uh, with, um, with the Celtics is I feel like teams are no longer as close as they used to be. Like when – before teams used to be a brotherhood, like you couldn't mess with my player. They wouldn't even have feuds outside of the locker room or outside of each other. Nobody would ever know. That's why the documentary documentaries are here because now we see what really was going on behind the scenes. Now everybody's just talking about it on camera, and to the fans, that's messing up our, uh, you know, that's messing up our view of what the team is, and that's also hurting your your teammates. Like, now I'm gonna ask you a question because what you said to me is very very interesting. Where do you think that comes from? Like, where do you think these agendas come from, these individual agendas? I feel like it's more of uh, a cry for get me out of here. Um, it's also a cry for um, we need to trade the, the, the teammates around me or we need to do something. That's basically what I feel like that their personal agendas are. Like when LeBron was saying um, on interviews – talking about, oh, yeah, I would love to play with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I would love to play with Anthony Davis. Like, he was doing that sarcastically, but we know what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, he's not just saying that. We know what he's doing. Right. Um, and that's why, you know, Adam Silver had to send the, the waiver out saying to stop doing stuff like that. Cool, great. But it's still going on, but now it's in a, in a negative situation to where I feel like Kyrie wants something, but he's not saying it, so he's trying to say it in this type of way. Tello, what do you think about what Nate said? Um, I just think the Celtics have a situation where Kyrie, he just he has an alpha personality, mm-hmm. but it's the, it's the type of alpha personality that it's like aggressive. It's aggressive and it's demanding, kind of kind of like Kobe, in a sense, right? Yeah, and. The thing that we kind of see now in the NBA is that those aggressive 
demanding personalities don't really mesh well with this new generation nope. of NBA players, which is why I feel like superstars more so like LeBron, they're more passive aggressive, and that kind of get slack for being that way. You see more people wanting to play with him or wanting to, you know, team up with him because they don't feel like a sense of pressure in the sense of, mm. oh, I have to, like, I have to do this. If I don't do this, I'm going to get called out. Or if I don't do this, he's going to. Whoa. I don't want to cut you off. I don't want to cut you off. I don't want to cut you off. But a okay. lot of people feel like that about LeBron already. Like, people don't like playing with LeBron. Yeah, they like playing with LeBron because they know they're going to win. That's fine. But people really don't always, like, there's pros and cons of playing with LeBron because there's always a feeling where they're not going to trade LeBron. They're going to trade you. If exactly. Well, that's the only problem. But I get what you're saying. You're, you're, you are right. They love playing with LeBron. They'd rather play with LeBron. But everybody knows, like, well, if this doesn't go right, I'm getting traded. Not LeBron. Nobody's going to be stupid enough to trade mm-hmm. LeBron. That's that's dumb. You get what I'm yeah. saying? I, I, I agree with that. I, yeah, I agree with you guys. So, I, yeah. I definitely I, – I feel like I feel like what Kyrie needs to do – I don't mind the aggressive take on things, but I think Kyrie needs to do this – in a different manner, and if he does, yeah, and if he does want to, if he does want to trade, or if he does want somebody else to get traded, or he wants a, a new addition to the team, say that. Don't don't try to make it seem like we know your team is inexperienced. We know that we see it. That's fine, but handle that on your own. And my thing is, Kyrie, don't you dare get mad at Gordon Hayward trying to take a last shot because if he would have made that, he would have been the goal. It right? was actually a good shot too. Like it was, it, it was not a good shot. It was a decent look. That was not a decent look. That was terrible. It was. It was not. That was. That terrible. was a terrible look. That was a terrible shot. He shot right in front of somebody's face. Right, but it was where he could have passed. It was a fifteen foot shot, 15, 12, 15 foot shot. I mean, either or, I wouldn't have shot that ball. If I if I know that I'm 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 down and and you know I have three other players that can shoot on the floor with me, I'm passing the ball if somebody's in my face. Why would I shoot? That's why Kyrie was upset. Kyrie wasn't upset because he shot the ball. He just he was upset because of he shot the ball right in front of somebody's face instead of passing it. I think that or, was that or, was actually or, the play that they drew up and he just didn't like the play. He just he didn't like the play that Stevens drew up. I think I don't think that's who the ball the ball was supposed to go to Tatum. Or somebody else, whoever was on the floor, or somebody else that he was supposed to give it to, but Gordon wasn't supposed to shoot that. My question to y'all: I mean, do you think anything will happen to Gordon? Because I think he's feeling. I think he's been scapegoated as the guy who's messed up the chemistry with the Celtics. Exactly, and I think the person that's really messing up chemistry here is Kyrie, just because of the way he plays. He, when he wasn't, when he wasn't on the Celtics, they moved the ball more. It was more, you know, it was more efficient. When Kyrie plays, he dribbles a lot. And that can mess up the flow of the offense. And so I think Hayward is getting scapegoated when in reality it might be Kyrie that has to – I mean, not saying that Hayward doesn't have to ingratiate himself too, but Kyrie has to kind of change aspects of his game too. I mean, it it is true because – I don't know many teams that 
won championships, like main championships with Kyrie's playing style. A guy that attacks the basket, likes to shoot, you know, all that. So does he need to change his game to win a championship? Uh, Maybe, maybe not. I mean, he did win a championship after all. So, uh, you know, who knows? Really I mean, wrong. I don't think he needs That's to change his entire game, but he just needs to change the little things that he, he does on the court. And that, that's fair. So um, yeah. we're going to move on from this because we, we need to have a talk about the MVP of the National Basketball Association. Uh, Nate, who do you believe is the MVP at this moment in time? Oh, man. At this moment in mm-hmm. time? Now, I'm going to give you two only because I can't decide right now. James Harden, of course, is at the, you know, the top. But for some odd reason, I'm thinking that Kawhi, and I'm thinking that he could be MVP this year. You want to expand on that? Make a case for both players. I want to. I want to hear you make a case for both right. players. So I'll make a case. For, I'll make a case for James Harden. Literally, James Harden is about to break the uh, the record for three points, uh, three pointers this season. Uh, so that's done. And two, literally, look at Kawhi. That's what this is really, really my choice. Look at Kawhi. Look what he did on a team that he just got to. He literally just got traded, and ever since he got there, he's he's literally hasn't let up at all. Every single game, I haven't seen Kawhi not run, not play defense, uh, not score. He's doing everything that he possibly can to make sure that this team is a top-tier team in the East, and that's happening. They're going to make it to the finals. There's no way There's no way around that. Who in the East is going to be going to beat the Raptors? Because they, it's crazy because they needed somebody that was gonna stamp, that was gonna give them that that edge to keep going in the playoffs and not losing to LeBron. LeBron's not even there anymore. So literally, what else is stopping them? You're right. You're right. But Tyler, do you have a rebuttal for that? Um, well, I mean, obviously, if we're talking MVP, LeBron should win it every year because he's the best Jesus player in the Jesus Christ. But yes, this is crazy, bro. But if we're talking this season, like, I I would have to agree with Nate. My MVP would be Kawhi. Um, he's mm. averaging close to 28 points a game, about, yep. what, seven, eight rebounds per game, two steals, a block, three assists, and his team has the best record in the, in the East. So I think yep. the Riders are going to – be sort of biased, you know, he hasn't won one, maybe it's his time, you know, that kind of thing. So I think Kawhi is MVP at this moment. You know something, I really, I, I actually wrote about this about, about a year or two ago in my school's newspaper about why there should be two separate awards, the MOP and the most valuable player, most outstanding player, most valuable player. Because I took the Oscar for offensive. No, 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 no. Most offensive player. That makes sense. But um, like, NFL has one offensive player of the year than MVP. Yeah, that's scoring title. That's that's mm. that basically. Okay. Pretty much, you know, because if we're talking about most valuable player, look what Kawhi Leonard has done with the Toronto Raptors, and we know this is the same thing DeRozan has done 
with the Raptors in the past, but the defense for the Raptors has gotten much better. Everyone, everyone's game has elevated. <clears throat> and um, and it's the weirdest thing to me because Kawhi Leonard doesn't come off as the rah-rah type of guy, you know, the guy that, you know, uplift the troops and all, all that other stuff. But what he's doing and his impact on the team, and, and let's be clear about something. A lot of people question whether Kawhi Leonard still want to play basketball because of what, what he was doing with San Antonio. No correction of what San Antonio was doing to him. Well, okay, fair, fair enough. Which we spoke about. Yeah, yes, we did. Yeah, yes, we did. Fair. If you missed it, go check it out. But, um, uh, yeah, people question if he wanted to play basketball still. And the fact that he is, he is carrying this Raptors team to the number one seed, and he, they're going to stay there. They're absolutely going to stay there. It is It is unbelievable to me. But I just don't understand oh, what, what you put. But Uh-oh. James Harden has 17 straight games where he has scored 30 points or more. He passed Kobe Bryant, my favorite, Kobe Bryant, for that record. He's averaging 34 points per game. And he is doing all of this without Chris Paul in the lineup because, per usual, he is injured. And what he's doing, and, and honestly, if we're if we're looking at the Houston Rockets, might finish in the number one seed again, considering the 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 trend that the Warriors are going. And we already know he's going to do what he's going to do if healthy throughout this season. He's going to he's going to continue to dominate. And one thing that Kawhi Leonard does not have is a signature moment. When he hit that three-pointer to beat the Warriors in overtime, I mean, goodness, I I, I just, I was shocked. It was the yeah. degree of difficulty on that shot to crush the Warriors. That was a crushing loss for them. It really was. Because it seems as though the Warriors cannot beat the Rockets in the regular season. And it feels like on their back, especially when the war with, with the Warriors feeling as vulnerable as they are. Honestly, Kawhi Leonard's gonna have a lot of ground to catch up if he wants to catch James Harden to win the MVP this season. You think so? I I, I honestly I do because the number is just the numbers. The numbers just don't lie at this point. He's putting up gaudy numbers, and I'm, at the end of the day, you could talk about what Kawhi Leonard is doing. And his redemption story, I guess you could say, but James Harden's numbers will not lie at the end of the day, especially with the success the Rockets are having as well. Now, I just want to, I just want to add in before you go, Tylo. Um, yes, James Harden is doing all of this, and he literally beat the uh, the Grizzlies with fifty seven points. Um, but. My thing is, look at what Kawhi is literally doing to the team. He made his team better. James Harden is not going to end up doing this every single game for the end of the season. So, and his team isn't really holding it up for him. As, as You know, it's not, his team isn't there. So, I don't really feel like he's making his team better. I feel like he's just getting better himself. You get what I'm saying? 
I feel it's more of just James Harden. I feel like Kawhi's literally just got added on to a brand new team, made that team better, and made himself better. And look at where they're at now. Unstoppable. Good point. Really good point. He pretty much said everything I wanted to say. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> well, I do want to add something. I, that, that, I, I, wonder... I just don't want you guys to think. I just don't want you guys to, you know, to, to, to. All of this, James Harden, I'm glad that this is happening. I'm glad because James Harden needed to do this. Um, he needed to show everybody that he is one of the best players in the league and one of the best players to ever play. But right now, it's it's this isn't going to – he's not going to score 40, 30 points every single game for the rest of the season. This, this is the first half of the season. Of course it's going to happen. Kawhi is doing everything possible to help his team win. He's literally – he's leading his team. He's talking. I I hear him on the court. I can hear him talk on the court while they're playing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's stuff like that that's that's making him more of a valuable player to me. But if James Harden, if you continue with this whatever streak that you on, um, hey man, he can win it. I'm I'm not gonna take that away from him because he deserved it the last time that he won it. So, hey, I I I I can't disagree with that. But I actually want to ask you about my point about having two separate awards for MLP and MVP. What do y'all think about that? Hmm. What is the what is the M O P? Yeah. What are you saying? I bro? think I I my my point is I think there should be a most outstanding player award and most valuable player. So who would be your most outstanding From, player? Most outstanding player is James Harden. Most valuable it will be Kawhi Leonard. Your most outstanding player is James Harden. Yes, I I wouldn't even give him that honestly. Really? What? Why is that? I would most outstanding player. I would give it to Anthony Davis. Hmm. Mm. Most outstanding. That is something. See, one thing that that needs to be a consistent thing is that when we're talking about most outstanding and most valuable team performance, has to be involved as well. Right. So, for most outstanding, would team performance factor into that? See, no, yeah, I don't think it should. I think it, I think it, I think it should for outstanding. Obviously, it won't be as much as the most valuable player because that's, that speaks for itself. But I think that if you're going to be given an award for that, because it's just like you're not going to see – like just like at football, you're not going to see an, off, um, an offensive player of the year get get the award when he's on a bad team because he obviously had a – he actually, he have, he played a part in getting the team to where they are, regardless if they're contending or they're just like in the hunt. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I feel as though that doesn't really. I don't know because I, you can't really you can't really add in a team on most outstanding player because then that's just saying most valuable player again. Because most valuable player meaning means that you're you're doing great for yourself and you're building your team. Most outstanding player could just mean, hey man, your team may not be doing good, but I see you. No, I I, I agree with that. Um, I you know I think that it shouldn't be completely neglected when we're when we're talking about who will be the most outstanding player. That's that's just my point. I, I get what you're saying. You're you're right about that. But I just want there to be a consistency factor with you know, with the with the two awards. And I think it should be like that with 
football, maybe baseball, because baseball is a little bit of a different, a yeah. little bit for a different case. But, but yeah, I think that the main sports should have that. I think hockey does that, does their awards very, very well, in my opinion. Yeah, they do. But um, I think I think sports should reconsider what because because it seems like every year there's not a person that's going to agree with the MVP choice. And that, I mean, maybe that's just people wanted to argue just to argue, but, you know, just, it's just something to think about. Cool. That sounds good to me. I just wouldn't. I, I would. I, it would be very difficult to, to do that, to be honest. I agree. I think most valuable and most outstanding, I feel like that would be a very, very difficult thing mm-hmm. to do because a lot, I feel like the way the fans are voting nowadays, even for the All-Star game, that it would just be for the most offensive player or the most person who's scoring the most. Um, not really the person who's most outstanding because outstanding can mean defense too, but that doesn't always get the shine that it deserves. Yeah, which is a shame, by the way. Yeah. So, with that being said, we're going to move on to uh, what's on your mind. So, I'm going to switch it up a bit. Nate, what's on your mind today? Now, I just wanted to say this. Luca, <laughs> listen, man. I don't know where this guy came from. I don't know. I don't know how he got this good in such a short amount of time. I don't know wherever he was. It was he always this good. This guy has not stopped ever since the season started. He hasn't stopped. He's been scoring on your your favorite player. He's been crossing and stepping back on your favorite player. He's been doing everything that your favorite player wants to do. And he's a rookie, not to mention, by the way. Um, he's li- And it's crazy because I feel like he's the next face of the NBA in the next five I years. I agree with that. Um, he, he literally stopped himself. He's, he, he fell into the stands or fell into the, you know, the floor and made sure a kid was okay. And he made sure the cameraman was okay. It like things like that. A lot of people see that, and the fact that you're that good and you care. Oh man, the fans are gonna love him, man. The fans are gonna love him. You know, honestly, he he could have the impact on on uh, on international fans like Yao Ming does, and you know, people yep. love Yao Ming. That, but it may be it may, that's yeah, exactly. He's that special of a basketball player. And I think it is beyond the pale to say that he will be a top five player in about five years. And and you know no. something? At this rate, three years wouldn't be that big of a stretch either. But that's just me. I just – I don't know, man. I just think that Luca. I feel like by the end of the season, a lot of people are going to be shaking their heads like, yeah, he's the one. And just to think that people were wary of drafting him because of the overseas and him playing over there and, you know, it hasn't really worked out for a lot of players that are being drafted. And the Mavericks got to find. And it's so crazy because Dirk might be playing this last season. And yep. you got another, mm-hmm. they got another face of the franchise right smack dab in the middle, which is, which is good for them. And you can – you can see, and you know why I like Luca. The reason why I actually want to talk about him and why he was actually on my mind for this segment um, is because I can see that he wants to learn from right. Dirk. I, you can even tell in the way that he plays, the way that he shoots. He's literally 
as a rookie, I want y'all to understand this. As a rookie, he's literally fading away off the of crazy and making, yeah. and making the shot in front of the play. Like this is that's not something that you can just do. Like that's yeah, you'll you'll get lucky once or twice, but he does that consistently and that's crazy to me. That means that he's literally in the gym with Dirk and, and his coaches. Shout out to all of them and, and, and the Magic because they're literally they're 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 grooming. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, Tyler, what's on your mind? Um, I'm going to talk about sports, right? But a sport that we generally generally don't touch on. Um, sports entertainment, more specifically, WWE. Now, for those of you that watch WWE, you will know that in recent years, there's a Guy by the name of Brock Lesnar. Oh, uh oh. Now, Brock Lesnar. Oh, man. Now, now Brock Lesnar, he's the the Raw Universal Champion. And he's been champion now for a number of years. How many months? I don't even even remember. I think his his stint now has been for like a few months, but he's he's constantly winning. Right. Mm -hmm. That's my point. Mind you, he doesn't show up weekly. When he fights, the fights are typically Mm one-sided. And it's it's starting to get boring. It's starting to get very repetitive and just very predictable. And he was scheduled for a match with Braun Strowman. But the match got canceled because of, I think, Braun Strowman destroyed Vince McMahon's limo. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna they're gonna replace Braun with Finn Balor, and you can you can just tell that it's gonna be the same repetitive thing. Brock Lesnar's gonna fight Finn Balor. It's gonna be Suplex City, <laughs> Suplex City, Suplex City, the same repetitive repetitive nature. And I think at a certain point you have to change the narrative. People are gonna get tired of just seeing Brock Lesnar just destroy people. And just go through people, you have to change it up because once it gets predictable, it gets stale. And once it gets stale, people don't want to see it anymore. But don't you think this is the same exact thing that they were doing with uh John Cena at first when he was it's it's different it's different. No, it's different. It's different. I yeah, John, I see the difference. It wasn't I definitely see the difference because Brock Lesnar is literally winning everything. Like they have no chance. There's, there's no like, forgive me for the the uh the pun, but they have no chance in hell. There's like, there's no, <laughs> they're not gonna like. You can just see it. So I wanna, I wanna touch on that because I'm a big wrestler fan. If you don't know, and I follow it, you know, religiously. So a couple of things. Number one, I don't know if Brock Lesnar has pictures of Linda McMahon and that 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 the McMahons don't want to give a lease. That he just keeps getting titles at the titles at the titles because. I want to I want to put this on front street. I think the opinion of the McMahon, well, Vince McMahon more specifically, because I don't think Triple H, you know, sees the same shares the same vision as Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon sees Brock Lesnar as a big draw. Is he a big draw? Yes, but he Vince McMahon has kind of ruined Brock Lesnar's reputation within the WWE community because you have a guy that shows up and has the same type of match with everybody on the roster 
and it's something that no one wants to see. And thankfully, his contract is going to run out of WrestleMania, and I'm hoping and I am praying that Seth Rollins is the man to take from him. That's that's what I want. Now, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Now, I do find it great that Finn Balor Finn Balor's getting his chance because he was stuck in purgatory when. He came off a big win against uh, AJ Styles. I believe it was at um, TLC of 2017. I think, I, yeah, I think so, it yeah. was. Then he lost to Kane the next night. Then the losses kept piling up, and he was just known as the guy that who got, the guy who's really good, but he just smiles a lot. Another Apollo Cruz, but just better. And. Um, we we feared for him because we thought that he was going to be another guy that was going to be wasted while he is insanely popular on the WWE universe. I'm glad he is not going. Number three, I never thought I would say this. Roman Reigns is sorely missed. If Roman Reigns didn't have leukemia, he would not be dealing with this. And you can you can feel that though. You can feel the void being missed from the show every week. And yeah. you have the you. I mean, you yeah. have the guys. I mean, if you ask me, a guy like Drew McIntyre or Seth Rollins can fill the void for Roman Reigns. It's just a matter of can they push them enough to be that. And um, I tell you, this WrestleMania season is going to be is going to be very very interesting. You don't have Roman in the picture, but you do have a lot of guys. John Cena is back in the picture. You're, you're gonna have Lars Sullivan that's coming up to the main roster soon. Daniel Bryan is a bad guy now. He's a beast. He's, a beast. He's absolutely a beast. You have you have uh, Daniel Bryan, who's a heel now, good, uh, and uh, and I actually like his character as a as a heel. He's a very good heel, by the way. Who is he going to face at WrestleMania? Is he going to face his former counterpart, Daniel Bryan, the guy who who married? the sister of the woman that he did not want to marry. It's very interesting to to find out what's going to happen with both championships. And WrestleMania is going to be great. And I hopefully, hopefully, by the grace of God, I can go to WrestleMania or even a Raw after WrestleMania. It doesn't matter. I just want to be at a wrestling event. Right. WWE, let's get the tickets. What's up, man? Stop playing. Have us host it. I know, right? right. And a bit, of, a bit of a side note. Roy Rumble's coming up. The Omega, he's a... Uh, he- with NJWP, so I do, <laughs> I do want to say, I do want to say this one thing about Brock Lesnar real quick. I feel like the WWE um, uses Brock Lesnar as an escape goat when they don't know any other thing. No, nah, that is that is true. That is very very true. That is very true. Like that's very that's very. That's why it's repetitive because at first it worked because who's going to beat this beast? You know, and 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 it, we got to see a, a lot of different uh, fights from it. But man, how long has this guy been wrestling? <laughs> like this guy's been fighting for so long, we're kind of tired of seeing the same thing yeah. every year. The only person that was able to do this and last that long every year and kept our attention was the Undertaker, and that was it. The only person? I don't know about that. That's, that's debatable. I, w- I wouldn't say the only person, but I'm saying somebody that was very like, no matter what, we were we were watching, and we wanted. To I agree watch with it. that. I agree with that. So, what's on my mind? The Michigan Wolverines are 17 and 0 in basketball. 
Now, coming into the season, I would never guess that because there was some turnover. Duncan Robinson, Muhammad Ali, Abdul Rahman both graduated. And the scoring, I thought, was going to take a big hit. Oh, oh Mo, 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 uh, Mo Wagner as well. He's He uh, graduated. He's on the Lakers now. But something feels weird about this team. The fact that we're set, we're seventeen and zero, and last loss we had since I forgot what month it was. I forgot what month it was. We were on a crazy run, lost to Villanova, then now it's this season. With that being said, I'm scared. I'm scared for the fact that. Out of all my years of watching Michigan basketball, I have never seen a team that performs like this. Defensively, they're stout. Offensively, they can score. Ignis Brasdakis, if you don't know about this kid, look him up. The kid can ball. Xavier Simpson has got to be one of the best defensive point guards in the nation. You have John Teske, who has taken an incredible leap from his first season at Michigan. And then you have Jordan Poole, who brings the swagger to Michigan. And they, they, everything's a great dynamic. But one thing that I've known about Michigan teams, and I've, I've seen Michigan teams with Trey Burke and Nick, Nick Stauskas, Mitch, McG- uh, Mitch McGarry, Tim Hardaway Jr., that team was good, but they weren't dominant. You weren't fearing them going into uh, the tournament. Michigan is going to have fear going to the tournament, but at the same time, they're going to be on upset alert. And one thing that I know about defensive teams, the offense kind of decreases when you, once you get to the tournament. And the perfect example of that, when I say the defense or the offense, I'm going to say the offense. The offense, dis, you know, it dissipates when you get to March. Perfect example of that is when Virginia lost to, I forgot, I forgot what team it was. They were 16 seed. That they lost to. Do y'all know the team name? Because I totally forgot. Um, no. You said you said when well, you guys lose. no 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 lost. when Virginia lost the first in the first round to the 16 seed. I know they were they, they were a team from oh. um, Maryland. I forgot their name, but um, that's that's besides the point. I don't know if it's just me being a uh, paranoid that this team could possibly be one and done in, in the in the tournament, but it just. Weird to see Michigan as good as they are, and it is possible by the end of the week if they survive Wisconsin on Saturday that they will be the number one seed in the nation with Duke going down to Syracuse uh, tonight. Please, please, I, I'm, I'm not trying to gel. I'm just trying to make a point. That's all. But I know, but but, um, but it's very interesting to see how Michigan is going to do with how dealing with the pressure of being a number one team possibly in. Uh, having the pressure of winning a championship because this could easily be a revenge tour or this could be a complete disappointment. True. I mean, they are first in the, you know, uh, the Big Ten, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. And and so I feel like they can. They can win because I'm surprised that this is even happening myself, which I'm. it's not really news, which is crazy to me because nobody really thought that that I was going to happen. So um, hopefully they do continue but yeah. if they don't i mean i feel like villanova should have been at their spot but lord knows what happened man. to them i don't know 
I don't know what happened. They lost a lot of players, so I would give them a break on that, but it's a very curious uh, drop for them. They did lose a lot of players, but their recruiting wasn't bad, so I was so confused on why or what's going on. I mean, Michigan's schedule, it gets tough. It does. The last... It does. The final 14 games are going to be tough. Yeah, that, you know, they got to play Ohio State. They got to play. Um, yeah, I, I was always a tough match. I, I, that's that's a game I'm scared of. Wisconsin might be. A Wisconsin team. always plays tough. That's yeah. no, that's that's just a given. It doesn't matter who's coaching the team. But um, what really impressed me, Northwestern, they got past them. But Indiana was a good team when they played them. They handled them pretty good. And, you know, it's all a matter of what can this team do on the road. Because they went, they went to Illinois. Champaign, Illinois is not an easy play to play, easy place to play. They went in there, they took care of business, and I think yeah. what really helps is having probably a co- uh, one of the best coaches that no one talks about, John Beeline. He gets better every year, every year with his development of players, and you see it every time. You know these guys. Every every year you see when these guys are on the court, they, these guys just get better and better and better, and you know. You just have a trust factor with them. If you're a Michigan fan, you have a trust factor. That's why I'm not too scared that they're doing so good now and that they're going to peak very, very, you know, too soon. But it's something Mm -hmm. to think about. I mean, just look at how my team is doing. Duke is literally dominating. And when they came out, they were unstoppable. Uh, We lost two games, obviously. We actually just lost yesterday. Yeah, that was crazy. Because Cam Um, Reddish didn't start. He, He didn't play. Yeah, but 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 that that still doesn't take away of our team. We're still stacked. We we shouldn't have lost. True. Point blank, you know that's that's point blank uh, period. So, Battle but players. I feel as though Michigan, if they do lose, that doesn't take away what they're doing. That just means hey, they're losing one or two games, but they can still. Uh, I I, no, I totally agree with that. It's just a matter of like I did. They already going to peak too early, and then. Everything might fall down. That's that's something I'm very very scared of, because you know after what happened in the national championship last year, because we got we got demolished. I really want them to go back this year. I really really want them to go back. So what? Do you think you will? It's hard to tell right now because one thing that scares me, the the offense are they going to be consistent? Are they going to score enough three pointers? Is the defense going to hold up against more athletic teams? Because once you get into the, the field of 64, those teams, they're there for a reason. So yeah. that means the play has to elevate. So we no, we're going to see. We will see. Well, I'm glad we got to talk some basketball because it seems like we don't do that now because football is dominating the headlines. So yeah. true. Uh, this was this was fun. Hopefully, we'll we will be back on Sunday, and uh, maybe soon. Yeah, and we we can break down the Super Bowl and well, well, the teams that's going to be in the Super Bowl, and yeah. uh, and we'll definitely be talking about that Pacquiao fight. Um, yeah, and I'm, so, I'm gonna yeah. make sure I tune in <laughs> so I won't be lost. You know, you know, we don't see, but um. Anybody that want to play some bets, yeah, let me know because I'm trying to I'm trying to win some money because I already know. And by the way, if you know a place, if and this goes for both of y'all, if y'all know anywhere, yeah, they're showing the fight. Let a brother know. Just, uh, 
I mean, you can go into a bar now. Aren't yeah, bars. Open? Y'all going with me? <laughs> What's up? We can do that. I'm, we can. I'm, hey, man, we can even. We can even. You know, host the bar. I mean, I'm 21 now, we, so I'll, you know. We are. What's the wave? They will let us in. But I mean, let's put it on the T-shirt. Let them. Let the people know. Hey, we pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know how we coming. Uh, <laughs> All right. With that being said. I got I I got school soon, so <laughs> I'll I'll see y'all on the flip side. And y'all be and y'all and y'all be good. Thanks, love y'all. We'll see y'all right. next week, man. Peace, Peace out.